Welcome to Sunflower Avenue, brought to you by the letter G. Hey, look, it's Gordy. Gordy's a grump, and grump starts with G. What do you want? Good things start with G too, though, like grapes. You also just said good, which also starts with G. Can you spell grapes, kids? G. R. A. P. E. S. Grapes. Good job. I bet they spelled it wrong. Gordy, do you want to help us bake a cake today? Sure, I got nothing else going on. Gordy, what do we want to add to our cake? Well, you're going to want flour. You're going to want eggs. You're going to want milk. You're going to want sugar. That's right, Gordy. Cake mix. <laughs> and now for the secret ingredient. What's the secret ingredient, Gordy? More cake mix. You got it. All right, kids. And while that bakes, here are some words from the people that make this show possible. Listen, Gordy, if you're going to be on the show, you got to stay on script. There's no, there's no script. I was told there was no, to like, ad lib. This isn't your freaking off-Broadway show, Gordy. I this was, is prime time. I was told to ad lib. I was told to get the character and to let whatever comes to me come to me and go through Gordy. You get to ad lib when you fucking earn ad libbing, okay? You've been on this show for a month. The kids don't even know your name yet. You stop trying to act like you're one of the main Sunflower people on Sunflower Ave, okay? Really? Because I got the merch deal. You, you got the what? I have a t-shirt in Target. What is... Who... Do you know who my uncle is? No, Gordy. Tell me who your uncle is. My uncle is Steve Gordon, the executive producer. <clears throat> This was just some entry-level hazing, Gordy. Come on. Uh -huh. Just being goofy between two new so, coworkers. So, so tell, tell me why I should report this to HR right now. Come on, Gordy. It's, the letter of the word is G, as in good pals. Don't report each other to HR. <laughs> you're you're going to need to really do some convincing. I need going to need something. Okay, I... Do you want to introduce the next part of the show? I think it'd be a lovely idea. Okay. And, you know, I'm sure the shirts look great. I'm sure it's a great shirt. It's an ugly ass shirt. It's for two-year-olds. Two-year-olds have no fashion sense. Hey, this is my passion that I've wanted to do since I was in conceived. But, yeah. Fuck two-year-olds. <laughs> We're back on a five. All right, um... I'll let you take the lead on this one, Gordy. All right, what's the next segment? We have a special guest on from the real world. Oh, all right. Three, two. All right, kids. Now we're going to have someone come in and tell you about how the real world works. That's right. So we're going to cut to them and have them talk to you for the next 45 minutes or so. Maybe a little for longer. I saw it for five minutes. It's 45 minutes. It's f 45 minutes! Yay! Hello, and welcome to Six Degrees of Celebration. And we're coming to you straight from the streets. I'm Alan. I'm Matt. And we're here to scare you straight into celebrating your everyday life. 
That's a stretch. Matt, how you doing? I am okay. Uh, I have had a very, very busy couple days at work with a lot of different plates spinning, and I don't remember buying the plates. <laughs> <laughs> like just things kind of just keep showing up, and I'm like, wait, when did this happen? So I've just been a little bit stressed out with work shit. All right. Well, hopefully doing this will help take away from some of that. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I actually am having a really rough time at work as well. But hey, sometimes life isn't pretty. It can be really hard. It can be really stressful. You know, no so one of my managers always says, and I, I'm trying to remember this now, but like no one's going to the hospital is like his kind of mantra of like, listen, so some of the people some <laughs> in the, my scenarios are going to the hospital. Right. But in that case, like, but you know what you're doing. Like, yeah, yeah. You do your job and do what you can. That's true. I want you to open your mindscape with me. Okay. Perception creates reality. Change your perception and you change the world around you. This is why I love stories of like literacy that work to challenge perception. Mm -hmm. And so one that I want to bring up to you, which I mentioned to you momentarily when we were drinking when we got together for the right, first we met time in person like, oh it was for like the first time in forever and i mentioned this to you it is the story of the egg right you mentioned this to me <laughs> whether or not you remember well you don't you didn't go into like explicit detail yeah so what i'm going to do because i believe it is that good that is worth the airtime i'm going to actually just play the story Okay. It's seven minutes and it's really, really good. So stick with us. The story itself is by Andy Weir. And my first experience with it was through an animated retelling by the YouTube channel Kurzig's. Kirkaz Kirkazat? Kirkazat, yeah. And that's spelled K U R Z G E S A G T. You were on your way home when you died. It was a car accident. Nothing particularly remarkable, but fatal nonetheless. It was a painless death. The medics tried their best to save you, but to no avail. Your body was so utterly shattered, you were better off, trust me. And that's when you met me. What happened? Where am I? You died, I said matter-of-factly. No point in mincing words. There was... there was a truck, and it was skidding. Yes. I... I died. Yes. But don't feel bad about it. Everyone dies. You looked around. There was nothingness. Just you and me. What is this place? Is this the afterlife? More or less. Are you God? Yes, I'm God. My kids, my wife. What about them? Will they be all right? That's what I like to see, I said. You just died and your main concern is for your family. That's good stuff right there. You looked at me with fascination. To you, I didn't look like God. I just looked like some man or possibly a woman. Some vague authority figure, maybe. Don't worry, I said. They'll be fine. 
your kids will remember you as perfect in every way. They didn't have time to grow contemptuous of you. Your wife will cry on the outside, but will be secretly relieved. To be fair, your marriage was falling apart. If it's any consolation, she'll feel very guilty for feeling relieved. Oh, so what happens now? Do I go to heaven or hell or something? Neither. You'll be reincarnated. Ah. So the Hindus were right. All religions are right in their own way. Walk with me. You followed along as we strode through the void. Where are we going? Nowhere in particular. It's just nice to walk while we talk. So, what's the point then? When I get reborn, I'll just be a blank slate, right? A baby. So, all my experiences and everything, everything I did in this life, won't matter. Not so. You have within you all the knowledge and experiences of all your past lives. You just don't remember them right now. I stopped walking and took you by the shoulders. Your soul is more magnificent, beautiful and gigantic than you can possibly imagine. A human mind can only contain a tiny fraction of what you are. It's like sticking your finger in a glass of water to see if it's hot or cold. You put a tiny part of yourself into the vessel and when you bring it back out, you've gained all the experiences it had. You've been in a human for the last 48 years, so you haven't stretched out yet and felt the rest of your immense consciousness. If we hung out here for long enough, you'd start remembering everything. But there's no point to doing that between each life. How many times have I been reincarnated then? Oh, lots. Lots and lots. And into lots of different lives. This time around, You'll be a Chinese peasant girl in 540 AD. Wait, what? You're sending me back in time? Well, I guess technically. Time as you know it only exists in your universe. Things are different where I come from. Where, where you come from? Oh, sure. I come from somewhere, somewhere else. And there are others like me. I know you'll want to know what it's like there, but honestly, you wouldn't understand. Oh, you said, a little let down. But wait, if I get reincarnated to other places in time, I could have interacted with myself at some point. Sure, happens all the time. And with both lives only aware of their own lifespan, you don't even know it's happening. So what's the point of it all? I looked you in the eye. The meaning of life, the reason I made this whole universe, is for you to mature. You mean mankind? You want us to mature? No, just you. I made this whole universe for you. With each new life, you grow and mature and become a larger and greater intellect. Just me? What about everyone else? There is no one else. In this universe, there's just you and me. You stared blankly at me. But all the people on Earth, all you, different incarnations of you, 
Wait, I'm everyone. Now you're guessing it. I'm every human being who ever lived. Or who will ever live. Yes, I'm Abraham Lincoln. And you're John Wilkes Booth too. I'm Hitler, you said, appalled. And you're the millions he killed. I'm Jesus. And you're everyone who followed him. You fell silent. Every time you victimized someone, you were victimizing yourself. Every act of kindness you've done, you've done to yourself. Every happy and sad moment ever experienced by any human was or will be experienced by you. You thought for a long time. Why? Why do all this? Because someday you will become like me. Because that's what you are. You're one of my kind. You're my child. Wow, you said incredulous. You mean I'm a god? No, not yet. You're a fetus. You're still growing. Once you've lived every human life throughout all time, you will have grown enough to be born. So the whole universe, it's just an egg, I answered. Now it's time for you to move on to your next life. And I sent you on your way. Isn't that fucking intense? That's a lot. That's a lot to think about. Yeah. But I love that. No, I, I definitely love that kind of story. I love that story particularly. I heard it and I've been thinking about it nonstop. And now every time I like see someone do something stupid, I'm like, ah, right. oh, fuck. Why did I do that? <laughs> I like that idea. Like you're doing it to yourself. Cause I mean, even if it's not true in that literal sense of like, you are not literally this person, those emotions that you inflict on other people are inflicted on yourself. Right. Yeah. I'm going to let everyone sit in it. We can just yeah. move on. That was like my whole thing. I just wanted to share it and have it be heard. It's really powerful. I think it's worth thinking on. Yeah. So I'll go in the direction of another story. Mm -hmm. Recently, an adaptation of one of my favorite pieces of media has started. So now it's two pieces of media. FX on Hulu has started a, a new pro a new program um, based on one of my favorite stories. Uh, Why the Last Man? OK, what's that about? So, Why the Last Man is a, it's not as uplifting as the egg, but like, it's a post-apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And the apocalypse is everything with a Y chromosome suddenly dies. Every male on the planet dies. Oh, okay. Every male animal, every male person, every male specimen. And it's just women. Except for one human male and one male capuchin monkey. <laughs> Sounds like a weird fantasy thing. It is a weird, weird <laughs> thing. Basically, the story follows Yorick mm -hmm. um, and his monkey Ampersand as they try to survive and make sense of this world they're living in where mm -hmm. they're suddenly the most valuable thing on the planet. What? All of a sudden the men are the most important? <laughs> <laughs> but it does it in such a way that does not feel like super male centric and like male ego driven. Mm -hmm. It's done in such a way 
that society continues mm-hmm. and society continues fine. Um, what it really comes down to is he is valuable because of just the sheer need to continue surviving of the human race. Right, yeah, for procreation. Right, for procreation. This character has to deal with that idea of like, why am I wanted? Do people want me for me or do people want me for like what I am? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's this very interesting look at gender, at gender roles, at um, sexuality, at trauma, um, and all of this stuff. And they recently started an adaptation of it on on the television. So it's now a TV (laughs) show. When does that come out? As of this recording, the first three episodes premiered on Monday. Oh, damn. As of this recording. Is it animated or is it live action? Live action. Oh, that's bold. Yeah. So it, and it, 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 it's a comic, too. So they're kind of going off very, very strong visual styles. Yeah, it is. I think one of my favorite pieces of content, it's by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra mm-hmm. uh, is the artist. Some people may know Brian K. Vaughn for Saga, which I, Alan, I think you would absolutely adore Saga. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's it's like Space Romeo and Juliet. Oh, nice. And so like it's like super sci-fi-y and I've, I'm that meme personified where he's like putting his hand up to Romeo and Juliet or like yeah. any literature. Yeah. And then it's like literature plus space. And it's like, this- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's more or less it. Brian K. Vaughn is an amazing writer. I, I trust him. He's one of those. He's one of those people that, like, if I see his name, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Mm. Um, but I'm very, very excited that this show is happening because it's been a while coming, mm-hmm. and I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that one of my things is getting, a, is getting a reevaluation, right? Because they, they do talk about things like the recognition of trans people and the recognition of non-binary people, and oh, okay, the way that influences society. That's really interesting. I'm always down to witness and listen to the discussion of of those topics. I always feel like I really don't have a lot to add. And I think that's fine, especially yeah. considering my position in, in all of that, you know, right. As a cisgendered male, maybe I should do more listening when it comes to gender discussions. Right. And I think that's why this thing has impacted me so much is mm-hmm. I, I, you know, am a cisgendered male. Mm-hmm. So getting to look at things from this perspective and getting to look at things from this hypothetical situation has been really interesting. And the more media that does that, I think is just better for the world. Yeah. And just, you, and plus you get a whole bunch of really strong female characters, which is awesome. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I personally, I think I prefer strong female characters to strong male characters. Oh my God. Yes. I, I don't really relate so much to small strong male characters yeah like i'm not the guy who's gonna like break a pool cue and like beat all these guys right up right at the bar like this is not well it was like <laughs> last night i went to go see shang chi mm-hmm. and i was like shang chi's a great character i really like shang chi his sister right oh, why, like <laughs> you better work you bitch like <laughs> Congrats to that actor. He was in Kim's Convenience and now he's a superhero. Like, good for him. In like, I think the best possible way too. Mm-hmm. like there was an image of him. He went to Met Gala and he looked great, um, <laughs> but he saw people like standing on like outside the gala. And there's a photo series of him jumping over hedges to go say hi. 
Oh my god, he's like, such a cool like dude. vaulting over like. <laughs> plus, it is now re- it is now surfaced that he did stock photos. Oh, like like Getty Image stock photos. So yeah. just right. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, and then there's like the company that's like, oh, we always believed in you, and he's like, is the door open to share hundreds of thousands of dollars you made off those photos because I was paid a hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, so it's like, ah! <laughs> drag them, sis. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. <laughs> this is in a movie theater. We'll have to post some of those on the Facebook page because those are hilarious. Going off of the vibe of the egg mm-hmm. and how we are all one. I had this realization the other day that everything is connected. Okay. And not in the normal way of like animals eat the grass that nourishes the land and then we eat the animals and one day our bodies return to the earth. Right. But like more specifically, I'm referring to skills and methods of creative pursuits that somehow translate over into other mediums. Okay. You're a writer. Yes. I was listening to Dead Pilot Society. Have you heard that podcast? I've heard of it. I've not listened to it. They take TV show pilots from A-list writers that were bought and sold at networks but never produced, and they give them table reads with really good actors. Right. It's wicked awesome. Uh, You should definitely check them out if you're a fan of TV and stories. So they were talking about the writing process and one of the methods they use in writing is figuring out the beats of a story, or at least these specific writers did, like key moments where each character should be at that point of the story, like where we want this scene to end and stuff like that. We want to beat here where the mother and son's fight escalates to the point of him moving out and then they'll dive in afterwards and write how that argument goes and what they're actually said so that they can get to and hit those beats. Right. So it occurred to me while I was listening to that, that in animation you do a very similar thing. There's a very similar method of drawing your keys, which are like the extreme motions that your character is going to be doing. And then you in between, which is literally like going back and filling in the gaps between those different key moments. And I was like, whoa, we even employ the same strategy with our podcast where we like have these main beats that we want to hit throughout. Right. And we're, we know we got to stick in an hour and then everything in between, we just like make up as we go. Yeah, it, it's, it just kind of offers that structure. I thought it was super cool. Like what else in this vast array of, of mediums is connected? It's like really cool to think that just because you think you're only a great writer doesn't mean you can't be a great artist or you you Mm -hmm. can't be a great music composer like Mm -hmm. the methods and the creative part of your brain the skills i wonder how many others cross pollinate between all of these different practices i mean there is a certain sense of just drive and certain just wanting to create things i know a fan of the pod ramon (laughs) uh, at moskiot if you do not follow him he's great he's got good style so he has great fashion sense. It's a designer. It has a, a, a whole brand coming out called Boy Should Cry. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Boy, he has, he's worked on a second rap LP um, <laughs> on top oh of God. like being a painter and an artist and a graphic designer and like that kind of stuff. So like all these things kind of cross over into each other because once you have ideas and all these kind of creative pursuits, they just like pour into each other. Yeah. Because I mean, in in the essence of it, like, yeah, there are different skills like, oh, well, how do you read music or how do you draw the the structure of figures? There are those base level things. But then when you get to the point of what you're doing is just creating. Right. And there is a method and practices to creating which are common to everything. 
that you create with? There's a great cartoonist or a comic creator. I think Linda Barry is her name. And she basically teaches comic creation classes. And one of the things she does is basically tries to teach you how to not draw. Oh. In, in the sense of like, don't try to like make a hand, just like go for it. And so she'll do things, she'll do exercises like draw with your non-dominant hand. Right. Draw with your eyes closed. She has a number of books out about like making comics and making like the creative process. And one of her exercises I know is like, draw three strips of bacon, an egg, and two pieces of toast with your eyes closed. Okay. And then doing that and seeing what happens and seeing how close, how close you were. Right. And is the objective there to get close or is it just to... So just don't worry about it. Okay. Just do it. Stop worrying about how it's going to be like it not being good because you just have to go for it. I, I love the idea that there is a certain aspect of, you know, art doesn't have to be accurate to be good. Right. Really? Like P- Picasso taught us that. <laughs> like, yeah. So the idea that if you close your eyes and you just put the essence into your hand of like draw what an egg would look like. Right. And then like whatever you come out with, like that is the art of your mind creating an egg. Yeah. That is really cool. So a lot of it is just like trying to let go of your inhibitions and feel the rain on your face. But um, <laughs> but to ultimately just like release your inhibitions. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah, but just like stop because so many people don't create things because they're afraid of how it turns out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, EX this podcast. Yes. Is that is that how you say that? E- example. Yeah, example, this podcast. <laughs> I mean, that was the whole onus behind um, creating the YouTube channel we're doing right now is it's literally like we titled it for fun's sake because yeah. uh, we were like, if we're doing anything, period, yeah, we're just we're just going to do it. We're not going to think about algorithms. We're not going to think about whether or not this is like timely. Yeah, we're not going to think of our upload schedules. We're just going to create when we want to create, put it out and we're doing it for the purpose of creating only. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. And make sure you linked to that in the show notes. I'm not gonna because it's not about the success, man. It's just about creating. That's fair. Plus, I say some pretty racist things. So. Oh, good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, no, now I'll, I'll put the link in it. Just <laughs> It's my problematic place where I can vent all my fears about Belarus. <laughs> kind of staying in this vein of like kind of heavy, but also just talking about stuff, not just talking about cinnamon toast. Yeah. Even though I do love cinnamon toast. So good. I was driving to the gym and my podcast schedule had gotten thrown off. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, this episode isn't available yet, so I can't listen to Dear Hank and John on Monday. Oh, gotcha, So I had to find another one. And I listened to this podcast called One Year, which looks at all the events or all the cultural events that happened in a specific year. Okay. Cool. And I listened to the season finale because they were like, it was a cross promotion thing. You know how certain podcasts like on our network, you can listen to this. and Right. Yeah. yeah. You, like Max. Right. We're going to play an episode of whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically one of the podcasts I listened to called Slow Burn, which is great. They're like, we're going to highlight one year. You should listen to it. Here's their, here's their, epi- uh, their season finale. And it was about the year 1977. <laughs> And that's their whole season, is they just explored 1977. And their season finale episode was about Jesus on a tortilla. Oh, was that the year that the, the wo- lady The found woman it? found Jesus in a tortilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, like, talked to her. 
and like the family. Oh, that's cool. They didn't just like go and talk about it. Like they went out and like right, redove like, into the year. The year is 2021. Looking back at 1977. Yeah. Tell us what happened. And this oh, man. Spanish woman in New Mexico was like, I'm going to tell you <laughs> what my life was like when I found Jesus on a tortilla. Yeah. And, and how people like laughed at her and like thought she was a joke but also like people coming into her house at all hours of the night being like can i can i see it oh like i feel like i need this and like wanting to have a religious experience at this tortilla (laughs) it's almost like an anti adam ruins everything right you know like adam ruins everything i'm like oh god like the world feels worse (laughs) right the world feels worse but in like I feel like more educated, I guess. Yeah, right. This I'm just like this. I just feel like I have a better picture. Yeah. Of this kind of joke. I say joke in the biggest air quotes I can possibly find. Because literally all I knew was like at some point there was some woman that found Jesus on a tortilla. I didn't even know it was a tortilla. And then I know that like in South Park or like whatever, they're always like making jokes about like, oh, Jesus is in my mashed potatoes. Right. And that's the thing is that and they talk about that like. After that, everyone found Jesus in like the potato chip or like a piece of toast or whatever else. Mm -hmm. But like, I didn't know her husband was an alcoholic and stopped drinking after the tortilla. Whoa. This is a sign that I need to do something. And he like hadn't had a drink in 30 years after that. Wow. And you you gotta wonder like it's all, it's all perspective, right? So there's right, right. this the story about like the man that gets lost out in a storm. He's an atheist. He decides to pray to God for the first time to get help, and some Eskimos come and help him. And he's like, Ah, I didn't need God. The Eskimos came. And the other people who are religious would look at the story and be like, Oh, well, they those people were sent by God. Clearly, God exists. Yeah, he, God made that happen. And so like this story of like whether the woman was like looking for Jesus in something because she needed it or whether like some other power led her to this. It's like a really interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. So it was just it was just a fascinating little deep dive into a very niche piece of history. One year. One year. Uh, I'm going to listen to the rest of the show or the rest of the season on 1977 because I'm interested now. Mm -hmm. I'm learning. I think I'm a fan of micro histories. Yeah, micro histories are super cool. There's stories everywhere that we don't really get to tell. Yeah, and plus you get to like look at something just from a very, very specific niche thing. Like I have a book I've been meaning to start called Franchise. Yeah. Which is the history of McDonald's in Black America. Whoa. So like that's very specific. Right. That's I'm sure there's a lot of stuff there. For those that don't know, and I know you do because I mention it a lot because I try to <laughs> pump him up. Matt is a very accomplished writer. I I try. He has a bachelor's degree in English. He has earned awards for his works in in the literature. And he had, are are you still doing your blog? I've not touched the blog in a little while. Okay. When he was actively putting out blog posts, they were very well crafted and meaningful. And they talked about very interesting topics that you normally wouldn't hear people talk about. So it's definitely interesting and worth giving a read. Something More Out of Life by Matt Ramson. So Matt, I know you are a writer and I know by writing you are crafting words into pictures in people's minds and you are acting upon the forces of the universe into 
willing them to create these pictures. And so in that sense, I think you are also an actor in some way. Okay. And so I want to talk about the act of faking something until it becomes real. Okay. And the most pure example I can think of, the the one that is just such a universal experience, is fake laughing until you start to real laugh. Yes. Would you like to join me in doing it? I can try. All right, here we go. It's so stupid. But it's such a pure thing. Like when if you've ever pushed a joke too far to the point where it stops being on purpose and you actually start laughing. Right. Uh, there was a Tumblr post I remember that like went around a while ago. Mm-hmm. That was like, if you're ever in a bad mood, do the following. And it was like, scrunch your eyebrows and your angriest, deepest, growliest voice say bubbles. I remember you telling me about this. Yes. <laughs> Re- repeat until until happy. <laughs> right. I love this stuff. I love it's faking it till you make it has such a negative connotation. But I guess if we could think of a better analogy for it, a better kind of like slogan for it, like something similar to try it till you buy it or something, you know, yeah. like like give it a go until it takes hold you know right right one of the things i've started doing because my commute home sometimes is two two and a half hours yeah in like stop traffic is i have started listening to music i enjoy listening to yeah and i will bob along and smile yeah and i will force myself to smile in the face of the shitty experience that i'm going through right And at some point, like about halfway through, I start to actually enjoy myself. And then I end up coming home, not with this stress headache. Which is good. And and also just finding little little triggers, just finding little ways to just find serotonin. Yeah. Sometimes serotonin is just like waiting to be found. Yeah. Sometimes it's not. Which is fine too. Yeah. Mm In any other context, that would be really creepy. If you if you threw some like horror strings under there, yeah. it feels like whenever I'm in a rough mood, I can just do something stupid and and pointless and it, right. it'll just kind of bring me back around or just think of some joke yeah just good so this was a good deep wait you got one more don't you i have one more yeah yeah so you you pointed it out at the beginning which is i got a haircut yeah which is lovely i recognize how much i enjoy getting haircuts i don't know why but it's always just very very fun to me and just very very relaxing because it's someone else manicuring you yeah it's like when somebody it's like if you were to paint something and you're like "Ah, i messed up this part i messed up that part but you've got somebody else who's solely focused on your face and at the end you can just be like oh good yeah exactly and i think that's it it's just like it's just getting taken care of by someone else and so so much to the point where i found a specific niche thing on youtube that does relax me quite a bit which is videos of other people getting shaved or like haircuts in like an asmr sense okay it's actually quite relaxing to me 
time lapse things or you watch it like real time these people getting haircuts? It's like time lapse. I'm not spending like 45 minutes watching like <laughs> some person get a haircut, but like I'll watch, you know, an eight minute thing of a guy getting a shave or rather rather more listen to it because it's just a very relaxing sound. It's like quiet and you hear like water from the sink and you hear like mm-hmm. brushes going and you hear like, <laughs> like this little like and you hear like water in a bowl. I'm just like, this is nice. I think it's also that this sense, right? We've we've. We in the privileged world have gotten haircuts since we were little. Yes. And so those sounds are associated with this experience of being taken care of and being made to look better. So I totally understand how those would be associated with that in your mind. Like when I hear the sound of clippers going through hair, my back relaxes a little bit more. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, take care of me. Exactly. And plus there are some really interesting ones and like that i think there's one where it's like a 90 year old barber in arizona and he kind of just does the same jokes he's been doing for like 50 years and like oh this is great (laughs) but yeah i really enjoy haircuts i really enjoy that experience i have no idea why there's a part of it too of of something dirty going to clean that that difference of like somebody comes in with their hair grown out and they leave like looking sharp and clean right or or at least getting if they do have long hair getting it kind of managed and taken mm-hmm. in and just cleaned up yeah i i don't know if you know this but there's people on youtube that'll do like yard cleaning videos where they just time lapse them you know trimming the edges and like mowing over it and then right, like digging right. out stuff like it's it's a very similar experience yeah, just very restoring order to chaos. And I think there's an, an there's a similarity there that is probably more than just contextual because we literally refer to our hair sometimes as a lawn. Yeah, yes. It's very interesting. I don't know where the <laughs> I don't know what the uh, subliminal messaging is there, but I mean it's interesting cuz well Jenny pointed out to me a while ago during the during March and April last year when all the barbers were closed. Mm-hmm. she goes have you ever noticed the minute you start thinking about how you want to get a haircut it's literally priority one yeah at any that all times like the minute you're like i should get a haircut it's like i now now we're going now <laughs> like we're doing this now it's i think that's because it's just like always with you you know yeah. like you you can't you're like ah, i gotta get this shirt fixed i gotta you know right right cl- clip my tone i don't know there's yeah. something some kind of thing there but like your hair, you it's always there and it's in one of the most intimate places, like your face and yeah. your head. Yeah. I totally get that though. <laughs> I'm very thankful that I cut my own hair now. Well, because yours is easy now. Yeah, it is. Saves money. The benefits of male pattern baldness, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna become the face of <laughs> I'm gonna become the head of <laughs> male pattern baldness. <laughs> Hims, hit us up with that sponsorship. <laughs> oh. JVN Hair, hit us up with the sponsorship. I want to be in a commercial where I save a yacht full of bodacious women by reflecting the lighthouse's light off my head and like sparing their ship from crashing. <laughs> I also want to be ripped in the commercial. <laughs> Commercials got weird. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I think it would be associated with Old Spice probably. That sounds right, like something like- they'd do. Oh, for sure. Look at your boyfriend. Now look at me. Now I'm on a boat. (laughs) Very much that. I remember when those came out. God. And now that guy's in a movie. What movie? It Chapter 2. Oh. 
It's not so scary. You could probably sit through it. Okay. But do we have to see episode one? Are there going to be plot devices that'll come back into play? I'm just not going to be able to. Yeah, it's like a direct <laughs> sequel. Oh my God. It's, it's kind of contingent on you seeing part one. Okay. Well, it looks like I'm never going to see another movie. <laughs> Ever again. <laughs> we got deep today. We did. And I feel like that was good. Right. Because we both had really rough days slash weeks. And sometimes you can't come in with that same amount of energy, but that doesn't mean that you can't come out of it with something positive, something to celebrate. Right. One can say that's part of the process. Oh, man. Whoa. That might be the fucking best transition I've ever heard us do do ever. And I'm ruining it by talking it. But like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Thank you to Lakey Inspired for the use of our theme song, The Process. Wow, that was just like good. Thank you. This is why I can't be a, a good partner for production, like, because I'm <laughs> I won't just like go along with it. I have to call out how good it was. Just stop recording. Hi, I I I know you're doing your thing, but that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here, Matt. I know it was rough too, so thank you. Thank you for being here with me. I know your two and a half hour commute is never fun and can be can be a drain. Well, in some ways, we're doing it for ourselves and in other ways we're doing it for you the listener exactly so if you are feeling so inclined i will make the one ask just this one time to put a review somewhere like us on facebook like us on instagram whatever you want to do we're going to be more active on those and uh bring you some more funnies yeah please let us know what you think what you like what you don't like in a constructive way mm-hmm. alan thanks for potting with me To call this work of genius potting is to spit in the eye of Edouard Léon Scott de Martinville, the first known person to record sound in 1857. That's true. According to Wikipedia. (laughs) Play us out. There you go, kids. That's how life works. Wow, they sure used some words in there that we weren't familiar with here on Sunflower Avenue. I don't remember what my voice sounded like. It was something like that. Something high pitched is annoying. (laughs) Oh boy, Gordy, always making the jokes, lowering my self-esteem. I don't mean to lower your self-esteem. I'm just dealing with my own ingrown insecurities. Damn, Gordy. Thanks for getting real with us. Thanks for having me and not kicking me out of my trash can. You know, kids, it just goes to show, sometimes a grump is more than a grump. I, you, roll the credits. Roll, yeah, roll the credits. Get them out of here. Sometimes there's not a laugh at the end of life, children. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's just, sometimes it's just a very good piece of advice. Sometimes it's just darkness. <laughs>